So, you want to talk sports? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I'm Marshall Macaluso with my co-host, Mitch Kaminsky, and we're here to give you uh, this week's rundown of the top leagues, who's hot, who's not, and other hot topics of the week, and uh, let's get right into it. This week, two standalone games each showed uh, showcased the greatness of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Remember after the Super Bowl, and everyone was outraged over Malcolm Butler being benched. There's people like Skip Bayless crying, It's sabotage against Tom Brady. What's he doing? How could you bench Malcolm Butler? Well, 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 well. This year, Malcolm Butler is proving to us why Bill Belichick knows more about football than you and I do. Yeah. This season, the Titans have given up 11 passing TDs, which is not that bad. Seven of those have come from Malcolm Butler. And once again, on Monday night... He got torched by Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. A game which the Cowboys eventually did lose, and that's yeah. a whole other story. But uh, <laughs> old Billy B knows it's better to get rid of a player one year too early than one two year too late. It's the same reason why the Packers were smart for moving on from Brett Favre, even though he still had a couple good years left. He had a good year in Minnesota with them, uh, where they went to the championship, but uh, I think they're in a better spot right now with Aaron Rodgers. It's the same reason why the Colts were smart for moving on from Peyton Manning, and I, it was tough to see him go, lightening up the numbers with his 53 touchdown passes. He eventually won a Super Bowl, but uh, that last year they won the Super Bowl. He got benched for Brock Osweiler, and he has deteriorated. And let's see who's in a better position right now. The Colts with Andrew Luck as their quarterback, or the Broncos, who really, that's uh, hey, Case, that's a... That's a Case Keenum's all right. I'm just kidding. You're right. You're right. He has once again shown why he is... Uh, one of the best coaches in the NFL. There's a reason Bill Parcells, which is a fantastic football coach, he never had a top 10 defense without Bill Belichick. And his uh, football knowledge is on display with why he got rid of Malcolm Butler. And that's probably why he didn't play for the Super Bowl. And the other game, it's, uh, between two QBs that were considered to be the GOATs, uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers faced off. and Brady's dealing with a lot of injuries. His starting running back's out. His best pass, contra- pass catcher, uh, Rob Gronkowski's out. And Rodgers, on the other hand, he's not working with a whole lot of talent either. But he's got, uh, he's got some pieces. Uh, mm-hmm. There's that one guy, 83. Uh, can't even pronounce his name. He made a couple of nice plays. Geronimo. Oh, Geronimo Allen. No, he's injured. Um, the backup, though. Adams, solid receiver. Devontae Adams, Adams yeah, solid yeah. receiver. But if you watch the two, and neither of them lit it up statistically, but Brady looked cool, calm. Collected that first drive, he put on a clinic marching that team downfield. Yeah. And on the other side, Rodgers looked frail, rattled, rolling his eyes, giving his offense dirty looks. Their next matchup potentially will be in 2020. And Tom says he wants to play till he's 45, and I believe he can. I believe the issue with that matchup is can Rodgers last that long? Yeah. He's clashing with coaches. He looked frail, and Brady. If you watch Brady throughout his career, he looks like the same player since he was since he broke in the league. The Patriots, everyone always says, the biggest knock on Tom Brady is, oh, he's a system quarterback. Without Belichick, he wouldn't win. And Belichick, like I said before, is a fantastic head coach. But um, without Tom Brady, let's look at his record. He got ran out of Cleveland. He only had one winning season there. He had a losing record in there. It was so bad, they moved to Baltimore. After that year, he got fired. And uh, he wasn't exactly winning Super Bowls with Drew Bledsoe at the helm either. And Bledsoe was no slouch at quarterback. 
So you can call Tom a system quarterback all you want, but um, can you name what their system is? The 49ers with Joe Montana and uh, Wallace, they had the West Coast offense, but the Patriots system, Tom is the system. It's the reason he's thrown TD passes to 71 different receivers. It's the reason that this dynasty keeps going on. It's the reason that he looks the same since he broke into the league till now. He's the same quarterback. He's been dominant, efficient, smart at the line of scrimmage. I think as since Peyton Manning left, he's the smartest pre-snap quarterback in football. He is the system and the GOAT. And that is my opening round. Well, there you have it. We had, we had the commercials. We had to talk about it last podcast. You know, who's better, Rodgers or Brady? Uh, and like you said, hit, it right on, hit the nail right on the head there. Believe that uh, Brady did prove that he's a goat. Although he might have proven it a couple times before that, but this this yeah. kind of this kind of solidified it. I honestly think uh, in, in this contest, it's like comparing uh, John Elway or Dan Marino might be a better one to Joe Montana. John Elway was a much better athlete yeah. than Joe Montana was, but no one's mistaking him better than Joe Montana. Joe Montana yeah. was the goat before, obviously Tom Brady is, and but um, yeah, well, I think that's the best way to compare it to. That's all in the past. Now we got this week in the NFL. Uh, first big game was uh, the Saints beat the Rams 45-35 in uh, a showdown between two of the two of the top teams in the NFL. Uh, Breeze had 340 yards, four touchdowns. Goff, 390 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. They really lit up that game, uh, the QB. Uh, that spot. was that was a fun game to watch from the quarterback perspective. There were some great quarterback plays out of the lead, but that one was showcased there. Uh, Rams, despite the fact they lost, and I do think the Saints, uh, I have them as the best team in the NFL right now, but yeah. the Rams showed a lot of fight, and I think that could potentially be helpful for them down the stretch, getting a little adversity. Yeah, the Rams, they I believe they had they had a couple chances late in the game. I think they had, there was like a, there was a, when they were down by 10, there was a big fourth down, like fourth and five, something like that. Uh, and the play call, I don't, it was just like a quick out route, which I understand, uh, but I think they could have, they could have pulled something better there. Um, but, you know, I, I'll, I'll never bet against – I think Sean McVay is a fantastic head coach. And no matter who, who he gets, what he's working with, uh, offensively can do great. The defense, Marcus Peters got exposed that game. Like, badly exposed. I know I know. we had Brandon Cooks with the cell phone celebration. That was that was pretty cool. That, but, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but, like, this, this uh, Saints offense, like, really, the, the only game they've lost this year was to Fitzmagic when the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed <laughs> in week one. That was ridiculous. Like, I think they scored, like, they, both teams combined for was like 80 points. They both had, like, 40 points. If you put up 40 points, you should be able to win. Yeah. Win a football game. They've been playing fantastic, though. The defense has been shored up. Uh, they got a great running game with Camaro, who's been playing excellent. They just added a receiver in Des Bryant, who actually, despite all of his baggage, not, that's not an awful signing. I, he's I, not expected to be a number one receiver. Yeah, there, I so. think that's... I think it's huge for Des Bryant that he's not the number one receiver, and they, I think they'll be able to manage him well with his like personality and whatnot. Uh, and I know like the Saints, their their biggest knock for like the past couple of years is like, yeah, the offense is great with Breeze, but like the defense is just awful. Which like like you said with Fitzmagic, we we saw a little bit of that, but I think they're definitely they're definitely becoming better. They had a great draft last year, and everyone made fun of Lattimore for the miracle play, but he's yeah, actually he's solid rookie, safety. So he, he's a pretty good rookie safety, and they got some pieces there. Moving on to the next Yeah, one. moving on. We had two we had two we had two underdog teams. Although Chargers are not much of an underdog anymore as they beat the Seahawks 25-17, Rivers through two touchdowns, uh uh as as did Russell Wilson with two TDs and a pick. Uh this was just like it was two two balanced teams. Uh you know, the Seahawks, their offense isn't great, except for the fact they have Russell Wilson, which he makes them, you know, competitive. And the defense, it's not it's not terrible, but I think the Chargers kind of solidified once again, why they're they're a playoff team, 
And they're in it. They're, they're for real. They're not like the Ravens or anything like that. They're for real this year. I agree with almost everything you said. The, their offense, though, for the Seahawks, and we talked about this a little bit last week, they actually run the ball really well. They yeah, run the yeah, ball over true. 50% of the run plays. The only team in the league uh, to do that. And they moved the ball pretty good. Honestly, though, this game was only close because the Chargers didn't have a field goal kicker, which they cut Caleb yeah, Sturgis after yeah, this game. They left seven points on the board. Who did they? Who did they? Did they sign anyone? I'm not sure. They, yeah, I know they just that. cut Sturgis. They're pro- they're probably looking at kickers right now. But uh, once again, two great quarterbacks uh, going at it. Uh, Rivers had a fantastic game. I think the Chargers have one of the best rosters in the NFL. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Seahawks put up a good showing against a very good team, and I don't think you can count them out for the playoffs just yet because they've, they've yeah. been. They've been pretty good since they're in their all their losses have been to uh, teams with a winning record so far. Yeah. But uh, Wilson, what really impressed me at the end of that game, they had a chance to tie it. He threw a strike to the back of the end zone that was dropped, dropped. and he looked for, he was angry for about it for like one second, but then after that, he's like, "All right, I'm the face of this franchise." He looked cool, calm, and collected afterwards. We're like Rogers, you'd see. Rolling his eyes, like it's so. Yeah, though, if you drop a game, potentially game time touchdown. Wilson I get it. is I get so it. cold. Like that's the type of guy I want as a head of my court. Even like when he threw that pick to Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl, is like, all right, shake it off, clap it out. Like I, that's devastating. But like, he's a great leader, and I think it was showcased right there. He not, didn't show up as guys or anything, and he played yeah. a great game. It was a very entertaining football game with the Seattle. Then we had the Steelers, Ravens. Statistically, not much to talk about there. I think James Conner had a touchdown in that game, but the Steelers won twenty three sixteen. Uh, I think this proves more against the Ravens than it does for the Steelers. That was, yeah. The Ravens, they're, I believe they're 4-4. Four four. They're a good team, but they don't, they're not there yet. They're not there yet. The roster's good, and Flacco looked great to start the season, I thought, because contract years always plays good. Now his yeah. competition, he looked like he was playing good, but he's reverted back to his old ways. The offense can't move the ball, and the defense looked gassed near the end of that game. Yeah. They needed to stop to try to get the ball back. Um, there's a couple third down conversions they had, and there's a couple long third down conversions the Steeler had. It was like death by a thousand cuts. They looked exhausted after one uh, after afterwards. That was a it's a slugfest. But they're both two teams. The Ravens, I still wouldn't rule out just yet. But yeah. uh, they got to fix some things in the offense. Yeah, I believe Flacco had like 190 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. That has not been good. Which is just like it. It's just not there. Uh, the Steelers, I mean, they capitalized off some bad, but I don't think I don't still think they're very good. They got a lot of talent. Yeah, obviously, but, like, yeah, you got Antonio Brown, you got Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner's a good running back, ben, Big Ben, he is what he is, he makes those plays, but overall, like, especially this whole late Bell stuff is taking a toll on them. This, this, the Steelers, to sum up in one word, is dysfunctional. They yeah. got so much talent, but they lead the NFL on penalties, mm-hmm. they got the Le'Veon Bell thing off the field, they were dealing a couple of years ago with the Facebook Live videos. Oh, well, yeah, that's right. When Todd Haley was the offensive coordinator, Ben Roethlisberger is threatening to retire. It's like that that whole team. There's always something with that team. Yeah. So I don't see them. They're a very good team, and they're always in the hunt, but I don't see them as a real threat to win. And then we'll, uh, we'll try not to beat a dead horse too much, but, you know, Patriots 31, Packers 17, uh, Brady 294 yards, touchdown, Rodgers 259 yards, two touchdowns. You know, honestly, the biggest thing that I took away from this game, and we kind of talked about it last week, but with a, even with the commercial, I mean, obviously, Brady and Rodgers, two top five quarterbacks all time. This was just the Patriots have a better team than the Packers do. Packers still have a lot of stuff to figure out. I I don't necessarily agree with the team-wise. I think the Packers uh, roster-wise, I think their roster top to bottom is better. I think they got better defensive personnel. The, Patri- uh, uh, the Patriots had to use a wide receiver as a running back. Like Cordell Patterson was one of the leading rushers in that game. 
I, I think that could it's be like just punt, a, sty- a, kick return. a style play. That Williams for the uh, Packers is not a bad piece. The defense has not been awful this year, and I kept him in the game. Yeah. I the rosters are a lot closer than you think. I just think what separates them is Brady and Belichick. They uh at home, yeah. they knew what to do. They had a good system in place, and um, yeah, that's really all. You yeah, have to I mean, that. I guess that makes they, they they do what they need to do. Like they can get in a shootout with the Chiefs if they need to. They can play a slugfest against the Packers if they need to. But uh, here's the other thing about them too. They turned that um. They had that signing of uh, Josh Gordon. Yeah. They turned a pothead into like their leading one of Tom Brady's favorite targets right there. That yeah. just goes to show the culture around there they've established. And then, uh, you know, last 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 thing, more of a mini story. Uh, Broncos lost to Texas 17-19 in a pretty meaningless game. That was brutal. Except Texas for, is a big game. Yeah, that is true. But the Texans, I think that showed that they're, they're, they're not. I mean, the Broncos are no, they're not. They're they were not, not terrible. Out of it, though, yeah, because that was a decent. But game he, here's what I'm talking about. We had we had Demarius Thomas uh, towards the end of the after the game. Uh, he was quoted saying to reporters, uh, "Let me pull this up." He said uh, he, they talked about uh, how the Broncos lost that game, which I'll get to. He said that's what they do over there. Uh, I ain't I ain't part of that no more. We like to win over here, and he's 100 right. Let let me let's go let's go to the Broncos. You know, Case Keenum's little clutch drive to get him within field goal range. So they have the ball. Yeah, you know, he made some he plays. It was fourth and eight. He made he got an eighteen yard pass to Emmanuel Sanders, a really nice throw. So fifty seconds left, take a timeout. You're on the thirty seven yard line. Do a little five yard pass to tight end, uh clock's running. So you got forty three seconds. They let on second and five at the thirty two. They let thirty seconds run down to thirteen seconds. It was forty three seconds. They let run down to thirteen. They ran a negative one yard rushing play and they settled for a fifty two yard field goal. In this like I'm I'm not a head coach and I don't claim to be anything close to like having that mindset, but when you have that, throw a deep ball. It's either gonna get completed and you if he's inbounds, you can run up, you still have like forty seconds, he can clock it, and then you have a chip shot for a field goal. You can or it gets incomplete, no harm, no foul. Or you get a PI. As long as he doesn't underthrow it, you have three win, like neutral or another win. But they just settled for a 52 yarder. He missed it and they lost. Especially in today's NFL, where it's such an offense. All the rules are geared toward offense. Exactly. All these teams are putting up record scoring things. Like yeah, like you said, like get Corbin Sutton. He's like a six five, six four receiver. Even a so, sideline thing. Yeah. Try to get pick up some yards. Yeah, I agree. Because 52 uh, yard field goal is no gimme. And the Bears did this a couple weeks ago in overtime yeah, against Parker, the Dolphins, yeah. where they ran the ball. They got in like some field goal range. They ran the ball three times. Played it safe. They had a third and eight. They could have picked it up they just settled for the run and settled for a long field goal and came back to bite them and they missed and it's the same thing here and it's it's just terrible because it looked like vance joseph needed a win to save his job and he coached them out of a win and he's still he's still the broncos head coach it is a dysfunction over there but you know what 2019 draft here we come i guess hopefully we'll get a quarterback who's not back some lynch uh going to the nba that kind of wraps up the rest of the scores for the nfl uh nothing new there uh for nba we had a couple couple mini stories. Chandler Parsons to the Lakers, you know, in a buyout for the Suns. Um, uh, and uh, now he's on the Lakers. We also saw Luke Walton. He's going to be the Lakers head coach at the end of the year. Send Magic Johnson. Uh, have you seen anything else with the Lakers or just? Well, honestly, I'll tell you the couple main things. Like Luke Walton uh, remaining for the end of the year. Even Magic Johnson said, if uh, unless something drastic happens, which I don't. I think they're yeah. going to ship and make the playoffs. As far as Chandler Parsons goes, that was only because. 
They thought LeBron could uh, function as a backup center, and that hasn't proved all. Uh, that hasn't worked out all that well. And honestly, no. I've I've been disappointed in LeBron James this year, performance wise. Like you know, he's a, he'll put up his twenty three points, but he hasn't like taken over a game yet. I haven't yeah. seen a game with him as a Lakers as he's asserted himself as like the best <laughs> player in the world. He needs the ball more. Like that's what he had in Cleveland. He had the ball a lot, <laughs> ball dominant. The offense ran through him. We're here. There's so many guys at the ball and. I don't. It's more of like a passive version of LeBron that we've seen, so I think that needs to change um, as the season moves on. So the part Parsons move, I don't think it's gonna be. That's not gonna be a huge effect. Um, the Walton situation will be interesting to see. Yeah, I don't think he should be fired. I don't think yet. he's a bad coach. Not, not terribly. It's been and he's a tough situation. All those personalities you got to deal with. Uh, they went from like trying to tank one year. To trying to win now this year, uh, it's not it's not easy coaching LeBron James because like he's basically he comes there, he, it's like a second head coach, so yeah. very big personalities, and he's still a pretty young head coach trying to establish himself. So, and then that's uh, tough there. last story, I mean it was just really cool to see D Rose dropping fifty uh, against the Jazz and their and their win. That was just cool. I mean, I, as growing up Chicago, uh, I'm obviously it's really hard to root for the Bulls anymore, but when the MVP season. Uh, was magical and just see a little bit of that and that was that was cool for Derrick Rose. Yeah, that was cool to see vintage D Rose, especially in a night where uh, Jimmy Butler that whole saga continues. Yeah, talked about that last week. It was a night he said he was going to sit down and D Rose took over that game. He did a little jump cuts. His biggest problem was uh, shooting. He knocked down a couple threes. Yeah, he was pretty efficient. Nineteen for thirty one on the night. Yeah. Uh, that was that was fantastic to see. Um, and just the emotion on his face afterwards, that was really cool. Yeah, it was. It was like almost a what what his career could have been. Yeah, like if he could do that injuries. consistently, or whatever. It's, it was sad to see. It was like yeah, it was a bittersweet moment. Now we should have quick quick soccer roundup. Champions League. We had some matches today. Just you know, I'll just run through the the top two leaders of the groups. Yes. We got Dortmund and Atletico probably going through. Barca Barcelona versus Inter drew one one. Tottenham had a big game against PSV to kind of keep them alive. Uh, but it looks like Barcelona and Inter are probably going to go through. Napoli and Liverpool uh, are top in their group, although Liverpool just dropped one of the Red Star Belgrade, which you probably haven't heard of, even though you, uh, you don't watch soccer. And I haven't heard of either. It's teammates. just some Soviet okay, team, well, right? Really quickly, like the, the, the team names for soccer, I think, are ridiculous. Crystal Palace sounds like a strip club. Real Madrid, as opposed to what? Fake Madrid? And you don't all these clubs it. end with FC football club. You don't understand it. As well Anyways, as like we know it's a soccer team. You have to put football club at the end of it. Anyways, Red Porto, Star, Porto, and Schalke are in the next group. Bayern and Ajax probably going through. Man City won six nothing. Leon, although Hoffenheim can't count them out in their group. Uh, Real Madrid versus and uh, Roma look to top that group. And then uh, Juventus and Manchester United. We had a great game today in Manchester United. Came back 1-0 and uh, went 1-2-1 uh, off of Ronaldo's debut goal for the Champions League for Juventus. Uh, that kind of wraps up what's happening there. And then EPL, Manchester City's uh, top of the league. Chelsea following, Liverpool following that. Liverpool and Arsenal had a fantastic 1-1 draw game. Uh, and that kind of wraps up soccer for this week, going to college football, which has been heating up. Heating Porto up. sounds like one of my dad's drinking buddies. Who comes up with these team names? Porto, it's a play, <laughs> it's a city in uh, Portugal. He doesn't know his geography. I don't. Anyway, I don't. College football, the world's most popular sport, and I know nothing about it. I should probably get with it. But anyway, moving on to American football for the unpaid athletes in college football. <laughs> we had some. There's some big games this, this week. Was, I feel like this was like this was like this is the peak of college football yeah, so far. This week was so. 
most anticipated matchup was LSU versus Alabama. Which was not a fun game to watch. <laughs> not even close. Alabama has been untested all year coming into it. And they were on the road, which usually with their cupcake schedule, they're usually not on the road. If they play a tough team, it's a neutral site, or they somehow always get them at home. They came in there, and they dominated. That defense... I think I'm pretty sure at one point they had, in the fourth quarter they might have had some garbage time, but I think I saw they had like under uh, it was under 200 yards of offense. It was ridiculous. And LSU, to their credit, that defense held them in the game uh, as long yeah. as they could. That offense could not do anything. Alabama clear front runner uh, to win the national championship. And even Ed Orgeron after the game said he's like, "Hey, we got to recruit better. We were outmatched. There's nothing to scheme wise. It was just yeah. they were bigger, stronger, faster." Even yeah. the head coach admitted it. But I um, think I think for Bama like. They're, they're like Tua, obviously. Like I saw the odds for him winning the Heisman are just so high, uh, and we've forgotten how good their defense is. With their like, they're, they have an amazing offense, but their defense is still like they they showed out here. When you're beating up on West Lafayette, yeah, exactly. then People forget about how like, good your defense is. Of course, you're gonna shut them out. But now after after LSU, like, whew. yeah. Speaking of Tua and the Heisman, another potential Heisman candidate, Will Greer, when yeah, West Virginia, you know. It was a barn burner against Texas. Uh, the game was, uh, they tied it up late. They decided to go for two and go for the win instead of sending it to overtime. They capitalized. Great game. West Virginia uh, hovering around the rankings, maybe trying to sneak in the playoff. I don't mm-hmm. see it happening. Texas has been a good team this year. Uh, yeah. That was a tough loss for them, but that was a fantastic game right there. Uh, next one, Ohio State. They're still in the playoff race. Yeah. Only lost once to Purdue. But, man, they had two clunkers in a row. It was a not a great Nebraska team they faced this week. It was at home, and they only won by a touchdown, and they were losing at halftime. And it was it was a close game. Nebraska gave them fits. They turned the ball over uh, three times, I'm pretty sure. Uh, this Nebraska offense was moving down the field. Mind you, they have a talented uh, freshman quarterback, in uh, Adrian Martinez. But, uh, yeah, they – they got to clean up some things if they want to make a run uh, for the playoff. Because they're not out of it yet, but I do not see them as a contender. And now the top four uh, rankings uh, heading into this week for the playoff. And I think the committee finally got it right. Alabama, clear number one, 9-0. and Clemson's at number two. Mm-hmm. I think they got that right as well. Notre Dame at number three. Like I said, like, their team, they struggled a little bit. Uh, they played Northwestern and Pit, uh, this week, Pittsburgh last week. Had a little bit of a hiccup. But they won both of those. They made undefeated. Michigan is finally in at number four. The committee finally got that right. Yeah. Michigan's a very good team. Um, I think Alabama's a clear front runner. Oh, like by a large. But time. it's like watching the movie uh, Apollo. You know how the movie's gonna end. You know Tom Hanks is gonna get saved. But you watch it anyway because it's entertaining. Um, yeah. And I think it's gonna be an entertaining finish. Um, I think I think Alabama, besides Clemson. They don't really have any equal opponents. George, yeah, I agree. Because Clem- Clemson can hang with them, but yeah, I don't, I don't know about Notre Dame. With Clemson to watch, so on the outside looking in, there was um, Georgia at number five. They play Alabama later in the year. Yeah. I think that'll knock them out of the contention, depending on how that goes. Um, and then Oklahoma, only one loss. Um, they need to hope for a Clemson loss to Syracuse late in the year, and then they play Boston College. Boston College is still ranked. Don't see them beating Clemson. Syracuse is ranked. I also don't see them beating Clemson. Yeah. So I think the top four right there, as long as they went out, which I think they will, be the top four you see in the college football playoff. All right. Now we got a little we got a little MLB news, which we talked a little about last week. But you know, the stove it's lukewarm right now. It is lukewarm. It's lukewarm stove. Like uh, we'll, we'll definitely get talking 
about the MLB later on. But right now, no, no uh, Joe Madden contract. Uh, we saw Theo Epstein had a little pe- press conference said, you know, that they talked with him about it. Good move. It is a good move. Uh, he, I think the quote was, "Time to produce or else." And that was for, that was not just Madden. That was like a whole team. And he, because like usually you see like quote, you know, the lame duck territory. But I think Madden not being like coming in, you know, the the Cubs. When, I remember when he came to Chicago, the odds of like just doing anything shot up uh, by a long large margin. But I don't think he's that great of a head coach as he's been made out to me. You know, like obviously with the World Series, we saw some uh, positional you know blunders. Uh, and, you know, they're saying, look, man, you, you got to win. You got to do something this year, and then we'll talk about your money next year. But if you if you flunk, because, like, la- the coaching staff last year was a flunk. I mean, the, the hitting coach, everything like that. Obviously, players can hit, but, you know, this is just a message to Matt and everyone else. We get, It's time to win. It's you can't have win. that talented of a roster. Yeah. And score one run, and you're like, last night, they had three yeah, do or the, die games. Like that they had the tiebreaker against the Brewers, they could have won. Um, yeah. And then they lost to that The Rockies, yeah. The whole thing, you can't, the, the offense looked terrible Awful. to start with. And this happened in Tampa Bay, too. His shtick kind of uh, wears thin with the players. Like, rubs yeah. off. he always has them dressed up, and he has all these theme days, and it's like peppy quotes. But near the end, the veterans were getting really tired of uh, Joe Madden at the end of his Tampa Bay tenure. So, thing yeah. to watch out for with the Cubs. And, uh, you know, Theo Epstein's right. Uh, yeah. I, I think you're also absolutely right. That was a message to the whole team. That's yeah. The, the championship really window, nice. they can still see it. They still got a great core, but it's, uh, yeah. it's narrow. You got to take advantage of it while you still have it. So, yeah. I like I like the aggressiveness of Theo Epstein. Speaking of that core, uh, we got someone who might be added to it. Might not. Uh, Bryce Harper. He denied a 10-year, $300 million deal. $300 million from the Nats. That's a lot of cheddar. That's a lot of money, I would say. And he denied it in the middle of the season, too. This is during yeah. the season they offered So it. this is pretty much, I mean, we kind of already figured, but he's not He's not returning to Washington. So at this point, he is. he's up for grabs for teams who teams who want him. Uh, we, talk, we talked about the White Sox last time. And there was interest from him at the yeah. winter meetings. There was reports that they were interested in with him and Machado. They got the cash to spend. Will they want to come to a rebuilding team? That is yet to be seen. Rick Hahn's aggressive general manager. I think he's a fantastic general manager, the way he's handled this rebuild. And he, he this was a quote from him like earlier. He, there's only so many times when great players like this is going to be available. And you saw with the Cubs, the final uh, touch on their rebuild was adding a couple free agents, bringing mm-hmm. in Lester, sort of that sort of thing, sort of establishing a winning culture around there. So yeah. something to watch out for. I think the odds of signing uh, one of the two, it's about 30% right now for that him. Makes sense. But something to watch yeah, out for. have the money. Uh, I believe we saw the Phillies. Phillies, Phillies are that. That's be that. a front runner. That would, that, would be, that would definitely make them intriguing. Because they they seemed, at moments this year, they had it. But then it kind of just lost them. Uh, and I definitely think like Bryce Harper or Manny Machado would kind of put them at that level. They got the money to spend. There's I talks think about the Yankees as well. Uh, but that getting cooled rid of down. Stanton and then bringing in... Either that or putting him at first base. But uh, oh, I report... Just, yeah. Came out and they said they don't want him at first base, so that might be cooling off from the Yankees. But yeah, who do you? If you had to pick, who do you think? I think honestly, I think the Cubs are are up there for one of them. But honestly, as a Cubs fan, I don't want. I I would rather see three new bullpen arms, three good bullpen arms than Manny Machado. I think the Cubs' core is there. They need to just you know fix themselves. Fix. They have a great rotation, great infield, uh, good outfield. Uh, they just need to put up that bullpen together. And uh, I don't know. I think the Phillies can definitely grab one of them. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't be surprised to see if the White Sox got one with the amount of money that they could just drop on it, but I don't know how much better they would be with them. Uh, but yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see what happens. I, honestly, the Yankees, like, it's the Yankees, and they just have that X factor without regardless of the money. Uh, but yeah, and now, now we have our favorite segment, Who's Hot, Who's Not. First sponsor this our week, first sponsor, Ted Wicks Heating and Cooling. Ted Wicks Heating and Cooling. Uh, a lot more cooling lately in Peoria as we hit the 40s for the first time in a while. Uh, Mitch, who's hot? Who's, who, who's hot for you this week? This week, it is Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. And I know who you're what you're saying. Who the hell is Nick Mullins? Well, I didn't know who he was either. In I fact, don't know who he was. on the 49ers, he was in the practice squad as a scout team safety because at rehearsed they didn't think they would need him. Because uh, they had Jimmy Garoppolo, he went down with injury. Jimmy G, baby. They had C.J. Beathard, he went down with injury. So they called up the third-string quarterback, who was the scout team safety. And on Thursday Night Football, prime time, he was balling, baby. Yeah? Three touchdowns. He looked like me slinging that rock all over the yard. Oh, the Raiders, man, geez. he was marching down. Raiders looked, uh, it did not look good. Man, mind you, they are bad, but Nick Mullins, he's my hot. He's getting to start this week, too, on Monday Night Football against he, the Giants. You know what's cool about Nick Mullins is you see a lot of teams, we saw it with the Bills, like their QBs go down, backup goes down, and then they just sign some veteran who's been in the system. I appreciate the fact that they had, like, they, you know, we've had this guy for a while, give him a shot at QB, you know, what can go wrong. Uh, and, One of them and good it, old boys from, yeah. down from southern Mississippi. <laughs> it worked out. Man, yeah, that boy could throw that pigskin <laughs> He looked good. I wish him well. And honestly, Mike Shanahan's done a great job up there with his quarterback. Because Beathard on that Monday night game against the Packers. Didn't look too bad. He looked pretty good, too. Yeah. Says a lot about him, but good for Nick Mullins. He's my hot yeah. enemy. Another, another hot uh, Duke basketball. They they destroyed Kentucky 118-84. to 84, And R.J. Barrett, Zion Williams, I believe, one, I believe Zion put up 32. Barrett had 33. They look insanely good like and not even like obviously they blew them out score wise but the athleticism of these guys is crazy Zion Williams is a beast he's a tank like I don't I don't see them like obviously I think beating a team like Kentucky the two seed they 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 look like front runners this year this looks like the new fat five and Zion Williams right now this is crazy he weighs more than LeBron James currently does that's insane. The man is a tank. And he got in foul trouble early in the game. The points he numbers he put up could have been. I think he had twenty three. I was. Um, he was in the twenties. That okay. could have been a lot worse. It was. And him and Barrett in separate drafts, they would be number one overall picks. Oh yeah. Fortunately, they're both probably going to be in the same draft this year. But uh, that number it'll be one interesting and two. To see, uh, I think I saw tweets from some Knicks fans. They said after watching that game, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of the Knicks lose a lot more games. Same with like the Bulls, uh, other teams like that. Dude, it is another one where I feel like it's like. The Apollo thing, kind of know this tournament's going to end. Yeah. Well, it looked like that after night. Maybe we're overreacting, but yeah, that was a good one. And then, um, you know who's not hot? Well, obviously, I mean, besides the whole uh, shenanigans, uh, the Leicester City chairman, Kun Vikai, uh, who orchestrated the best uh, story in sports history the in Leicester City's 2015 Premier League Championship. In all of sports uh it is uh, it only rivaled by the Miracle on Ice. It is the greatest story of all time. Um, wow, it's true, and we, that's a, that's a whole other story. Anyways, so he dies like tragically with this helicopter crash, um, and uh, Leicester City, you know, their first game against I believe it was against Brighton. Uh, they won one nil. Damari Gray, uh, who was signed by Kuhn Vikai, you know, scores this goal. Uh, 
and he t- rips off his shirt, says for Kunvikai, runs over to the fans, super emotional, they want off that goal, and then the referee comes over and books him for taking off his shirt, gives him a yellow for taking off his shirt. I mean, I understand it's in the rule book, but come on, like, the awareness of that move to, like, have this amazing moment, and then the ref just running over, yellow card. Face palm. That's awful. That's terrible. He's not hot. Not hot. That is not hot. Yeah, they're... That's uh, such a... You know what that kind of reminds me of, too? In Nebraska, they had their puncher, Sam Fultz. Yes. He got killed. So, for the first punt of the season, they lined up with 10 men on the field without the punter to honor Sam Fultz. There's a flag, and it got declined or whatever. Uh, but, I mean, like, that was kind of like a that's cool like moment. That's if, if like the, if the penalty got accepted and they, like, took the yard. It is! It's like, that's, that's, yeah. I, <laughs> that's terrible. That is bad. Uh, so, my not hot, not nearly as good as that one. That was a yeah, really good was, one right there. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell and oh, his agent. Up. And they, man, I can see why he's holding out. I get the man wants his money, and I think as the NFL, with your short career span, you should try to get as much money as you have, but this holdout was so mismanaged, and his oh agent gosh. completely butchered it. Because yeah. first thing you see here, James Conner comes in as his backup, and he's putting up better numbers than yeah. Le'Veon Bell has put up. Value, like a rock. Dropped his value. He's been holding out. He's kind of looked really immature during this whole thing. Yeah, he's already had like his Miami, PD thing, whatever. his Miami thing. He misspelled farewell, mind you. He spelled it F-A-I-R-W-E-L-L. So that doesn't look good. His grammar teacher is probably very disappointed. Um, yeah, and I think, like you said, I think his value has dropped tremendously uh, yeah. this year from this whole... I don't think... Yeah, I definitely don't think it's Rose. Because um, the Steelers are still playing well without him. Even his yeah. teammates were saying, alignment came out this week. He's like, hey, if he comes back, great. If not, I mean, we don't really care. Exactly. Like, without him, so... Like, he he's he kind of proved the world that he he wasn't that special. He's obviously like he's a great running back. And honestly, if they traded him to a team like the Packers or something like that, who kind of needs a running back, like they would that would make them so much better. But the fact that he like held out, he's proven that he's not a great teammate or whatever, whatever you want to say. Uh, but yeah. Uh, now we've got our hot takes. Uh, we got. Quick first story, so Jamal Murray for the Denver Nuggets, you know, uh, up-and-coming Denver, Denver Nuggets, he dropped 48 points in a win against the 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 uh, Celtics. And so you see at the end of the game, he's got 48 points. And it was it was at that point, clock's running down. You know, you see it a lot, uh, kind of dribbling out the game as it would. The score's not competitive anymore. And right right before the buzzer, he just yaks up three. Uh, it didn't make it. Um, Kyrie Irving was not pleased with that move. He actually got the ball and just kind of chucked it up in the stands. I have his quote here. Uh, he said, what kind of c- competitor wouldn't it bother? I don't want to make a big deal out of it. Congratulations to him on having 48 points, which that's cool by Kyrie. Uh, but the ball deserves to go in the crowd after a bullshit move like that, so I threw it in the crowd. And quote. Uh, so, yeah, he didn't get to have his, like, game ball there, which, I mean, whatever. Uh, but Kyrie, he was not happy. Honestly, like... I get what Kyrie's point is, but, like, I wouldn't care at that point if I'm him. Like, I, I would just kind of walk away at that point. Like, game's over. I get that's a crappy move, like Kyrie said. Uh, but, I mean, come on. That if, was you were in his sh- if he was in Murray's shoes, he knows darn well that he would be trying to shoot go for 52, I'm pretty sure. So I can understand why he's upset. 
But you know what? Maybe you shouldn't have let him score 48 points on yeah. you. So, uh, I would say for Jamal Murray, like, dude, like, act like you've been there before. Like, it's a crappy move. Like, I don't like what he did. It's Jamal Murray. He's not good. He hasn't been there before. That's yeah, why I but, like, like, come that. on. Come on. Be a, be a professional. He could be. He could end up being a, a piece for the Nuggets. And the fact that he's just throwing up a three like that, like, dude, like, just play the basketball game. You did very well. He kind of he ruined it, but... It's almost like... It is what it is. Honestly, I think th- it comes across as, like, one of these old crotchety baseball people with, like, yeah. the way they, like, do things, like, Don't oh, you gotta like, beat, you gotta throw like on someone right there. Like oh, that. bat flipping. It's, like, the same thing in the NBA now. And I'm not saying, like, the NBA isn't nearly as bad as that, but, like, yeah. oh, not allowed to dunk if we give you a free dunk near the end of the game. You're just supposed to run out the clock. Oh, yeah. you can't go for fifth. Like, you know what? Let the man go for fifth. There's still time on the clock. Play till the whistle blows. So, I, I mean... I understand why Kyrie's upset as a competitor, but same time, you know, if that was me, yeah. I'd be going for 52. And then we'll get to our power rankings, our top five teams uh, right after this. But first, uh, we're going to talk about our, our, our sleeper teams for the yes. NFL. So, like, teams that, uh, you know, could make the playoffs. Maybe they're in a spot to make the playoffs, maybe not. Right, yeah. Uh, but team. the teams that can maybe make a run. Now you go. You, we each picked one. Uh, Marshall's got his first. So I know I'm not. I'm not a Bears fan. You know, even though I live in Chicago. But I think honestly, after watching the Bears games, uh, with all obviously they're always on fans here. Uh, I've seen pretty much all the Bears games so far. They, they, they have the pieces. I think their defense is really good. Although Khalil Mack's got to show up. He's been absent in the last couple games. He has been injured though. He, yeah, injured, but he's been playing. Playing injured, but he's been playing. He hasn't played the last two games. He hasn't. No, he played he, against the Patriots though, didn't he? Yeah. No. Um. No, he did play against the Patriots. Yeah. yeah but yeah. then for the next two after that, but before that he was sacked. But yeah, I agree. He, yeah, the, the two games. Yeah. He's got to show up. He's got to play. Uh, play like the free agent signing, the money guy that he is. Um, their defense is fantastic. Secondaries looked it looked better. Uh. I think if Matt Nagy, who's a fantastically offensive-minded head coach, if he can like put together some scripted plays, because Mitch Trubisky, I mean, there's a lot of Mitch Trubisky apologists out there, but I don't think he's a very good quarterback, and he's kind of proven that. But he he can make those throws. I think the I mean the Bears, well, they're five and three, first in the NFC uh, North. I I think they're gonna make the playoffs, but I think I mean if you put them in a wild card game, I, I would take them in a wild card game, uh, home or away. Uh, I think they can make a run uh, with the pieces they have there. I agree with everything you just said, except for one thing. This segment's called Sleeper Teams, and you pick a team that's first in the NFC North. They're still not... They're, no one's talking about them, though. No one's talking about them, though. Hey, you I know? agree with everything. I do think they're going to make... I think I think they can make the playoffs. They got some big division games coming up. I got a scorching hot take for you. Scorching. Feel the team from I feel like is going to make the playoffs. Going to slip into that second AFC wildcard team. That's a team that doesn't even have a winning record right now. The 3-5 and five Indianapolis Colts. And let me explain why. All of a sudden, they've had an emergence of a running game. Marlon Mack Marlon looked Mack. like a pretty rookie, good rookie. Right? Yeah, he looked pretty, oh, yeah, yeah. pretty good. Andrew Luck, coming out of the soldier surgery, he's also looked pretty, pretty good. He's throwing that rock around the yard. Uh, very well. He's throwing the ball great. He doesn't have a whole lot of weapons to work with. T.Y. Hilton's back. Uh, he was injured for T.Y. <laughs> he's been looking good. The defense has always been solid. They got a lot of unknown guys, but they're front seven. They got a lot of young, uh, they very young core there. They've looked great. But the main reason I think they're going to make the playoffs is that division is not great. I think the Texans win the division yeah. fairly easily. 
But then you get to face the Jaguars twice. Haven't looked great. Saxonville isn't really uh the thing anymore. Yeah. Bortles has become Bortles once again. Yeah. They traded Dante Fowler. Yeah. Um, the Titans, I mind you, they did win coming off a bye, but uh, Marcus Murray, every time you watch them, it's always like a 9-6 to six game. They're always ugly. Yeah. I think they beat them twice. I think the Colts... Because of that division, I think they sneak in and get that second wild card spot. If you look at their losses, they had a really close loss against Indianapolis or um, against the Eagles. They had yeah. lost in overtime where they went Frank Reich went for it on fourth down inside uh, their own thirty, and then he ended up conceding a field goal. But he said he wanted to play for the win, not the tie. So they've handed over a couple games. They like their losses have been pretty close. Um, I like the Colts sneak in as a wild card team. I mean, we, we call them hot. Hot topics, hot takes. That is certainly one of them. Uh, I, we'll definitely see the coming weeks. We'll, we'll definitely get back to that one. We'll definitely get back to that. See how see how that fared. Uh, now we got our we got our power rankings. Yeah, it's first time. First yeah, time. first time. I mean, week nine. This is kind of where the it's like the do or die games. It's November now. Uh, we kind of have a full uh, picture of what the NFL is like. Let's read them off. Like we'll do each of each of us will say one. Two, All right, so we both three, so. we both have you the say Saints. who's your first? Yeah, Saints. We both have Saints. Both agree yeah. on that one. Look great against the Rams. Been good since week one. We kind of talked there about that earlier. Uh, I have number two. I have the Rams. Uh, Jared Goff. You know he's he's been playing really well. I think in defense, I think a big key for them is getting a keep to lead back. Uh, I don't even, I don't remember when he got injured, but I, I'm when he comes back, I think that defense will improve greatly. Uh, My number two, I got the Chargers, baby. Delusional. The Chargers. Playing fantastic. I think if you put them up against the Rams right now, I think they beat them. Hall of Fame quarterback. Wide receiving core is fantastic. Keenan Allium. They got that deep threat Williams. Um, the running game's been good. The defensive side of the ball, I think personnel-wise, I think this is one of the best rosters in the NFL. Defensively, they have also been fantastic. They got a rookie, um, his name escapes me in the secondary, who might be a candidate for rookie of the year. What's his name? Um, his name is escaping me at the moment, but uh, they're missing the best pass rusher too, at Joey Bosa. Uh, they have been very good. Wait till they get him back. And they're not as I, dysfunctional they, as the Rams. They don't got the big personalities like Marcus Peters. Has not been that. He's great. not a big personality. Uh, he did get torched. Sue has not been great this year. There's a lot of like. There's a lot. Of I, I understand. There's a lot more. Just, there's a little bit more. Uh, combustibility for dysfunction in that locker room. And there's the Chargers. And being the second team in L.A., no one talks about them. Not much media. Kind of fly under the radar. Second best team in the NFL right now. Uh, number three, uh, don't forget about those guys. You know, I believe we talked about a little bit. The GOAT, New England Patriots, I am number three. Uh, which, honestly, they're, they're, a, they're a tight number three. They can beat the Rams, and they can beat the Saints, too. Uh, but right now, with the way the Rams and the Saints have been playing, I, I put the Patriots at number three. I also my three and four is also very tight. I got the Rams at number three. I actually two through um, two through four is all close. I think they're very close to the Chargers. I think the Chargers edge them out a little bit. But I got the Rams at three. Hard to argue. They were eight and zero to start the season. Yeah. Wasn't an awful loss against uh, the Saints. It was a close game. That was very close. Yeah. But I got them as uh, number three. Four. Uh, you know. It, it's tough to put. I, I put the Chiefs in there. I've had a lot of talk about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, their offense is fantastic. Tyree Kills on the fastest players in, in, in the NFL. Uh, they got Sammy Watkins. We don't talk a lot, a lot about a lot, but he's very good. Uh, Travis Kelsey's one of the, the best tight end in the NFL. Uh, yeah, 
uh, Kareem Hunt, who's one of the most athletic running backs in the NFL. I put them at number four. But that defense, that's what weighs them down a lot. Their defense is terrible. Yeah, I got the uh, Patriots in there at number four, once again, close. Um, and then actually, I got the Chiefs at number five. Yeah. Mahomes has been great, but I said this last week, too. We haven't seen him in any sleep or any of those mm-hmm. tough, like, November play- or December, January playoff conditions yet. So we'll see how well he can throw the ball through that. But um, Patriots, Chiefs, been pretty close. They played each other. Very close game. Yeah. So I got them in the, my thought. And then I, number five, I have the Panthers, you know. Which I actually like. They're, I, they're they're not, they were team. knocking at the door for my six. They're, they're a good like. team. Cam Newton. He's gone back to his ways. I mean, I think we had a lot. Cam Newton got a lot of flack uh, uh, during that Super Bowl 50 uh, against the Broncos. Uh, I think, I mean, with the celebrations, you know, the whole whatever. He's still, I think he's a good quarterback. He's become that pocket passer that people have wanted him to be, uh, that he hasn't been in previous years. And now they're not like one of the options. Like, it's still in their arsenal, which is fantastic, but it's not like a main focus anymore, which is huge. Yeah, with North Turner, that his accuracy has improved tremendously. Watching yeah. him against the Eagles orchestrate the two-minute drill down the field and they needed to score was fantastic. This is about one of the best cams I think I've seen. He's always had like the raw ability um, in talent-wise, but like North Turner's done a fantastic job. His biggest problem is his accuracy, and he's gotten a lot better touch and accuracy uh, this year. He's been fantastic. So those are our top five. Uh, I think Super Bowl matchup for me, we can just do this quick. Super Bowl matchup, uh, Saints-Patriots. Saints Patriots. It's pretty early to tell. I'm gonna go um, probably charge. Yeah, Charger Saints probably mine. Um, well, it's one and two, and honestly, this can change week to week. Right yeah. Now, in week nine, Chargers are the second best teams. I think it's a little early to do that. But it's now time for the best. Bringing the closer. Calling the bullpen on Marshall. And he wants to, to end this to end this podcast. We have not talked about it yet. These past two episodes, we're talking about we're talking a little hockey. We're talking about the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, which unfortunately is that, that's the only team that we both root for, and they stink, which is unfortunate. Uh, yesterday, the Blackhawks fired one of the best coaches in hockey history, and Coach Joe Quinville. Uh, he's been replaced by Jeremy uh, Colleton, 38-year-old. Uh, this is a terrible move, in my opinion. Uh, Stan Bowman uh, has kind of made a mess of this. Uh, he he he's made this Blackhawks team stink. Uh, he has traded Nicholas Yalmerson, Trevor da- Daly, Brian Campbell, Nick Len- Nick Letty, and Ryan Hartman uh, for little to for next to nothing. Uh, I know that they're dumping. I know that they're dumping cap, cap space. Uh, and then we have the Artemi Panarin trade, which it wasn't for nothing. Uh, we got uh, Sod back, but that just honestly uh, looks like a nostalgic move, uh, move uh, which Stan Bowman has had many of those, uh, bringing back Patrick Sharp, to be, for instance. And he's made terrible trades. And then let's just talk about some, some, uh, some signings he's done. Signed Seabrook for eight years, $55 million in 2015. Signed Duncan Keith for 13 years, $72 million in 2009. And then Taves and Kane. Both got an eight-year, eighty-four million dollar contract in 2014. Seabrook will be a Blackhawk till he's 37. Keith will be a Blackhawk till he's 38. Taves will be a Blackhawk till he's 33. Kane will be a Blackhawk till he's 31. I don't care. These are some of the greatest Blackhawks of all time. These are some Hall of Famers right here. I don't care how good you are when you're in your mid-20s. You do not deserve to be getting that type of money when you're 38 years old. You you cannot have a competitive hockey team where you give Seabrook. Great defenseman, 
He is not good anymore. And he's getting paid a crap ton of money by the Chicago Blackhawks. Age turn. Yeah, he has aged he's, poorly. He, both he and Keith are not good defense. They're, they're average defensemen now, which I hate to say it, and I hate to see it, but it's true. Stan Bowman has destroyed the dynasty that the Blackhawks had and were on the verge of continuing with these signings, with these terrible trades. And now Coach Q has been blamed for this. We've seen it before. Coach Q and Bowman have always had a rocky relationship, but it played out here. Stan Bowman has made this team terrible, and he's taking out on Coach Q. And honestly, look, I understand that Quinville, his time was up. The dynasty was over. you got to turn a new leaf. Jeremy Cullinan is the youngest coach in the NHL, and I'm really excited to see what he does for the Blackhawks. But he does not deserve to get fired 12 games into the season. That's what you do with coaches like Hugh Jackson who and Josh McDaniels who are bad, and they you can blame them for the team being bad. You can't blame Coach Q. And honestly, if you're going to get rid of him, have him ride off into the sunset in the offseason, you can let him go. Have big, and then he comes back with another team. Maybe you have a big thing. Thank you, Coach Q. But this is just a bad ending for one of the greatest coaches that the Blackhawks have had. And it just, it just, you hate to see it for the Chicago Blackhawks franchise to see how far, how far they've fallen since that dynasty. In my, in my opinion, yeah. In my opinion, this move for Jeremy Colton, who is now the youngest coach in uh, the NHL currently, I think it was because they have all these old guys that's trying to insert some youth, more yeah. energy new voice sort of thing uh, into this team. Because they're still, I mean, they're, their season isn't completely over yet. They're currently 6-6 six and six, um, right now. So we'll see how it works out. I don't know. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think it's a solution. And, and they won't, They the worst thing is they won't, they won't give that they're in a rebuilding time, which they are rebuilding. I don't care. They still have Keith. They still have Kane. I know Kane is the only guy of those four that is still playing at a high level. Taves yeah, is... Case has been better this year, but like yeah, it's been still, definitely been a decline. I agree. And they are rebuilding. They have to rebuild. Get your head out of the clowns and see the facts. This is a rebuilding year, but hopefully, you know, the Blackhawks can make some moves, maybe uh, become a competitive team. Quick, uh, ten in the seconds. Next years. Really, yeah, that, that was that was very good. Quick, ten second thoughts. Uh, the Dodgers have just decided to bring back uh, Dave Roberts. Uh, for really? Next season, which I think is a smart move. Breaking news right there. Yeah, breaking news. First uh, on the scene. Yeah, our, it was hour ago. Uh, they're going to bring back Dave Roberts. I think this is a good move. Yeah. He was going up against that Boston lineup in the World Series. Um, he was like bringing a knife to a gunfight. I thought he was, I mean, I don't yeah, think that was his fault out, at all. Out, outclassed. Um, uh, do you think good move or? I, I think it's a good move. I think the dot, I mean, they went back to back World Series, you know, and then just faced better teams. So, can't really blame like like some teams, you can't always blame the coach, which fortunately some franchises like the Blackhawks choose to do. Well, that that'll conclude our podcast. This is episode number two. Uh, we'll try and get this out soon enough. We'll, hopefully, we're gonna get this on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, that's well, you'll where be you, listening to, so it'll be out. Yeah, but right. but for further notice, uh, that's where we will have our podcast. And uh, yeah, that's everyone here. Hope to see you next week. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for giving us a listen. And uh, have a good rest of your week. week.